0: you're listening to the say chill podcast with dr chip Dodd. say chill is a social impact organization that helps people see who they're made to be so they can do what they're made to do the following podcast was recorded at this year's say chill training an in-depth experiential training that helps people bring their heart to what they are called to do To learn more, you can visit sageshiltraining.com. What the spiritual root system does, it turns a person's world upside right. Did I say that correctly? Yeah. I know your way you hear upside down. But see, this is turning the world upside right. Because people who aren't awakened to how they're made 18 inches below their foreheads and able to live out of that are upside down. And they're calling it normal when actually it's just common. We literally are living backwards and calling it normal when it's just common because everybody else is doing it instead of becoming normal, which makes us unique, which will make us misfits because you're no longer in a crowd. You're in a minority. So are you willing to become yourself, which is going to put you in a minority? And I say that because at least in America, America, we live a a nation as an addict. Fix it. Make the pain stop. Mood alteration. Do something to make this go away. And that thing that the people are trying to make go away is the heart. So we become a culture that is directed by the body. The body's in charge. Literally, the physiology, the physical world, the physical is in charge of our society in many cases. Whether it's stamina, uh, self-demand. Mood alteration, whatever. So, and the body actually can only, if it's in charge, can only lust. The body is a biological seeking machine. The body is, is basically a great white shark. It just swims and eats. It's there to simply and very appropriately serve itself, keep itself alive. Okay? Detached from a leader, all it can do is lust. What's the nest, next thing? That can create a homeostatic condition for me. What's the next thing that can reduce my anxiety, alleviate my depression and make me feel comfort, make me feel not threatened? See, because the body basically is driven by fight, flight or freeze. It's about a reduction of anxiety or threat or trauma or, you know, creation of what it calls safety. You know, nothing's wrong with that. That's not a bad thing. It's just that it's not a good thing when the body's in charge of your life. <laughs> okay. So if the body's in charge, that means that the brain becomes a hunter. If the uh, body's in charge, it lusts, and then the brain has to hunt for food. And the brain is saying, what do I got to do to get the food to make this sense of fight, flight, or freeze go away? To reduce adrenaline or to heighten adrenaline. Or to do something to make where I am different. Because if you sit with yourself long enough, do you know what you're going to find? Discomfort or you. Or both. If you sit with yourself, you're going to begin to experience discomfort. Irritability, possibly. Helplessness. Powerlessness. Thoughts. Memories. Regrets. Wishing. The the thought of you're not doing what you need to be doing right now. and If you don't get up and start doing something, something's going to get you. The need to move is lust. To get away from where I am to fix the loneliness I don't know what to do with. To get away from where I am to fix the sadness I don't know what to do with. To get away from where I am to stop myself from discovering what's happening within me, i got to move. Just out of touch. Okay. So the brain becomes the hunter. The soul wanders. Okay, It's just wandering. <laughs> it's just out there in a dry and empty land. And the heart, it at best, becomes satiated with junk. But it's like eating cardboard. Like, we have a processed food addiction in this country that's amazing. And it works beautifully because we produce in abundance and people get fed. And it's wonderful. And the more we have, the less we'll need. And scarcity is terrible. Because it does put us in a condition of... Needing to kill each other. Happens in marriages all the time. Destroying each other in marriages because of uh, what we see we don't have and they're not giving. Scarcity. You see, when we can't take ownership of ourselves, we're demanding that somebody else do it for me. I can still remember. I remember I was saying to Sonya, you, 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 you. And she says, look, whatever you're looking for, I don't have. So you got to go to God. You got you to go somewhere. I'm like, yes, you do. You just don't try. She said, well, you got to go to God. I said, God didn't have any arms. God didn't have a voice. And I remember, it's literally, I remember it's literally going into the bathroom and just with a legal pad, just sitting on a commode. You know, I, I mean, I was just sitting on the top of the commode. <laughs> She's just like, you don't have any arms. You don't have any. You don't do anything, God. You don't do anything. How would I need, you know, just, you know, I was in my discomfort because I had been released by the person who was going to try to fix me. She said, don't destroy me anymore. I'm not going to be destroyed. and I'm not going to buy into an illusion that I can do something for you I can't do. I'm willing to fail. So she was admitting failure in the world of grandiosity that says your job is to make yourself whole through fixing another person. It's called codependency. It's called self-cure through caring. It's called parenting. It's called marriage. It's called a whole lot of things that we get mistaught about love. See, because once once you get your heart back, you awaken to the cult you've been living in and all the shoulds that go with it. And what happens is if you wind up having yourself, then you've let go of control, which means you've also let go of of whether or not somebody's going to choose to love you. See, because in the culture of control, love is something you control, too. You make people love you. And therefore, love's not really a gift. It's just something you've gotten through your performance. So love isn't actually love anyway, because there's no grace and mercy in it, because you earned every bit of it. So this is what almost all of us who don't know the heart and don't know our neediness have done. But how we're really made, when this is what the spiritual root system does, it returns us to how we're made so we can become who we're made to be, do what we're made to do, and have what we're made to have. In other words, you're going to put your lamp on the table. You're going to say, this is what I, is what I know to be so. This is what I've witnessed. This is what, this is what I'm after. This is what I'm living like. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is all I got. But I'll give you what I have kind of thing. It's like, I'm in. Okay, so here's how we're made to live. The heart is alive, awake. And I say fulfilled, I'll put that word there. I'm going to put quotes around it. Quotation marks around it because fulfilled is actually a strange experience to the heart. Because if you've got something worth willing, if you're after something worth willing to be in pain for, you're fulfilled on this earth. See, passion is a willingness to be in pain for something that matters more than pain. It becomes the thing you can't really stop thinking about. You're compelled to be in it. Even when it's hard, you find yourself not Leaving it Very important to have in a relationship with children, in a relationship in a marriage, in a relationship with vocation. And you know the word "vocation" comes from the word "call." To call, to be called. Your vocation, you've been called. And that's, then that phrase you've heard to be called is, is what we normally associate with people who go into the pastorate, right? But everyone's called. You're called. So I want you to know that the heart's fulfillment is actually having passion. Passion is not something you discover. It's something you surrender to. Now, lust is nothing but an impaired expression of how you're made to crave. Lust is an impaired expression of your neediness, your need to belong and matter. You're not made to not want to matter. You're made to want to matter. So this isn't like, well, I've got to get rid of self. I've got to get rid of me so I can be everything I'm made to be. What? No, 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 no. That's back to Buddhism and Stoicism. That's between five and five again. <coughs> no, you got to be willing to live all of you, your whole self, and bring it all and then give it away. Bring it all. Because once you get a big fat self, you can't help but want to spill up on people. I mean, you're the guy on the airplane that's really big. And it's like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Do you mind if I have the middle seat? Okay, you know, you're right. Do you want to sit by me? I may be taking a nap. Y'all don't mind. Me. <sighs> See, when you get a big fat self, you can't help but sort of spill over onto other people. You can't help but share yourself, even unintentionally. Because wherever you are, there you are. Wherever you go, there you are. You take you with you wherever you are. And you're not the teacher. You just know it takes a lifetime to live, so you're living. And then as you're living, you can't help but talk about where you've been, what you've done, where you got where you got there, and what, you know, what happened. And then once you learn boundaries, you learn the wisdom of like you know, the thing called knowing when. So the heart is alive, fulfilled. Then the mind is engaged. The mind wakes up every day say, hey, 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 what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Hey, hey, what are we doing today? What are we doing today? And the heart says, we're going after the dream. We're going to have to dream today. First, we're going to pick up the milk. Then we're going to get the cereal. And i got to get the dog food. And then I'm going to clean up the garage. And after that, I'm going to go on a date. And after the date, I think we may get some ice cream. And wait a minute, that doesn't sound like very grand. No, mind is engaged in living. And the heart is engaged in being fully alive. Not its next experience of entertainment, but whatever it's after. If you're going to have passion... You better know well how to rest. If you're going to have passion, you better have an R.E. life. Which means you know how to regenerate, replenish, redempt, find redemption. The word restaurant comes from the word restoration. You go to the restaurant to be restored. Oh, rest, You see, to be refilled, all those kinds of things. So your mind is engaged on the dreams of the heart. Your mind is actually being used to articulate the stutterings and stammerings of the dark region. The stutterings and stammerings of that which you've been trained to not talk about. And no matter how much you talk about it, you're never going to find the full definition of it anyway. If you get into your heart, you're going to wind up in the ineffable. You know what ineffable means? I think it means I ran out of words. I don't know anymore. But I just know there's something in me that needs to be spoken. And that I just wonder if, for Christians especially, it becomes the utterances and the groans of life seeking itself within us on an emotional and spiritual level. So anyway, the mind is engaged, okay, engaged in whatever the heart is doing. The soul is contented. Now, it doesn't mean the soul is finished and content. It's The soul is contented. We're going where we need to go. We're going where we need to go. And then what happens is the body is directed. The body is the tool and the organism that carries all that other stuff around until it's done. It really does take a lifetime to learn how to live. How many of you like that? Uh Uh-uh. No. It's like, she. But it's a great permission if you become a person who's a work in progress from now until you're done. Once you've given up perfection and happiness... And you see something beautiful that's almost like it's made to be completely. You can glory in it like amazed, because it's like almost there. It's not perfect, but it's, it's just sweet to get to see it, to get to touch it, to get to be a part of it, to get to participate in it. You can have a thing called joy. All right. And then happiness becomes gratitude, which is like when the serendipities of our worlds occur, we go, oh, I'm so thankful for that. It's like it's something that came to you instead of something you produced. So once you're a work, work in progress, then all of a sudden it turns out that it takes a lifetime to learn how to live. It's like good. Good. I mean, I don't like how long it is and having to be so failed, but I sure like creating amidst this mess. This is Stephen James, the executive director of Sage Hill Counseling. Thanks for listening to the Sage Hill Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd. If you're interested in learning more about the power of our core eight emotions, I encourage you to check out Chip's book, The Voice of the Heart: A Call to Full Living.